0: Welcome to TWW, The Weekly Wheel, where each week the Dharma Wheel rolls and delivers you new content available anywhere at any time in your everyday life. We present a mindfulness service, which has three components. First, meditation, and then we meditate with sound through chanting. You can have your mind wander when you sit in silence, but it's very difficult to wander As you chant, you need to focus on the next character, on your breathing, on the next line. And if you pat yourself on the back too much or become too self-aware, you'll miss a line. And then lastly, we have something called active listening, where we lean into and really listen to the Dharma talk given by our senseis. You could think of silent meditation and sound meditation through chanting as preparatory to get our minds focused and open and clear so we can really listen clearly and really take in the Dharma. And in a sense, it perfumes the mind. The mind is slowly changed as it hears new points of view, new perspectives and new approaches to dealing with life. It's set up much like an in-person service. It's led, moderated by multiple voices. So you get a variety of opinions, a variety of, of perspectives as you go on your journey. So I hope you will join us now for this mindfulness service presented to you by the people at
1: the Weekly Wheel and the Orange County Buddhist Church. Thank you so much. We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, it's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward, without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we are part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from 1 to 10, inhale deeply, let it all out, try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times, we are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything, we simply watch our thoughts come and go. Please put your hands together in gassho. Bow. Namo Amida Butsu. Namo Amida Butsu. Namo Amida Butsu. Naman Butsu. Naman Naman Butsu.
2: You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world. Waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell. Please put your hands together in gosho and bow. Namo amida butsu. Namo amida butsu. Namo amida butsu. Namo amida butsu. Namo amida butsu.
1: Return to your seat or cushion. Sitting in this way, we might wonder what purpose we are achieving. Actually, there is no specific purpose. I think it's really to make us aware of What sitting is, what breathing is, standing is? What are these simple activities that we do most of the time without thinking about them at all? We'll begin our second sitting at the bell. Please put your hands together in gassho. Bow. Namo amidabutsu, Namo Amida Butsu. Namo Amida Butsu. Naman Butsu. Naman Butsu. Naman
0: We will begin uh, sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Uh, most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us Uh, We're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose, and that's why uh, each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column, and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles uh, represent bells uh, for the chant leader to ring, so we always begin a sutra chant with two bells, Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing uh, from one section to another, and then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters, and each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character, and it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor, so this is different from English and the vowel sounds uh, I've been told resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O and U. and They're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then uh, you'll see uh, italicized lines Uh, those are leader lines that I chant alone and you will also see underlines under some of the characters and that means that rather than each character getting a single beat an underlying character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character Uh, This is a form of meditation. Uh, Rather than silent meditation, we're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on, and you say the next character. And over time it becomes effortless and you'll begin to memorize it uh, without realizing it. All right, we're going to chant uh, Jusege on page 39. Jusege is another poem or verse that can be found in the larger sutra. First, you have the sambutsu Gay. then you have the 48 vows by the aspiring student claiming and proclaiming his desire to seek Buddhahood. And then after that, Jusege stands for repeated vows. So three of these 48, he considers to be the essence of his practice, and he repeats these three vows. And again, italicized lines are leader lines, open circles are bells, underlines are a beat and a half, and that means the next kanji character or sound is going to get a, a half beat. And we chant down the first column, reading left to right, and then down the second column, reading left to right. And then as we get about two thirds of the way down the second column, you'll see that line has all underscores on it. So we're slowing down. I've mentioned before that the first two bells means we're beginning a chant and then that single bell there means that we're changing a section and it's a little bit like a train you start out chanting slow you speed up and then you come into the station and slow down and then we do namuami dabutsu as we do on all of our chanting and then we end with the ekoku.
3: (laughs) koku nagon yeah. Hey.
0: Please join me in ga show. Nam mandalts Nam mandalts Nam mandalts Nam mandalts Nam mandalts.
4: Hi, happy New Year! I'm Tsumi Wanjira, Orange County Buddhist Church. This New Year 2024 is a year of dragon. As you know, the dragon is a mythical animal created in the Chinese culture over 7,000 years ago. Dragon has been symbolized as a power, longevity, and authority over rain, rivers, and sometimes storms or floods. So, people in China begged the god of dragon for rain in the middle of a dry season to ensure enough harvest in fall season. As a symbol of enlightenment, Chinese Buddhist artists have adopted the dragon over a long, long time ago. You may find dragon scriptures decorated in the roof and portals of Buddhist temple symbolizing the special power of those animals. So the first pure land Buddhist master that our founder Shinran Shogunin selected is Nagarjuna. Uh, Literally means a dragon Nagarjuna. Uh, Nagarjuna has a letter, Chinese letter of dragon. He was a greatest master of Buddhism in history in major schools and sects which developed in India, China, Tibet, and Japan attribute their respective origin to him. In Japan, Nagarjuna was has been highly esteemed as a founder of the eight Buddhist schools. And then also, uh, Nagarjuna was born in the Brahmin family in India. He was a gifted child, they say. In early years, he had already become well versed in the four Veda and then mastered other learnings as well. Later, he converted to Buddhism. Having received monastic precept, he first learned Hinayana teaching. Later, he entered Hinayanas, where he studied Mahayana scriptures as well. To traveling throughout the country, he further studied other forms of Buddhism, and also non philosophical thought as well. Under the royal or patronage of Indian dynasty, he was engaged in propagating Mahayana Buddhism. It is said that the king built for him a cave monastery where he spent his last years. According to his biography, it's very interesting to share this with you. Nagarjuna had learned some magic when he was young. With his three friends, he used it to conceal their bodies from sight. They entered the royal place unseen and played with some court ladies. When suspicion of invisible intruders Arose, the king ordered the guard to close all the gates and place sands on ground. Sure enough, they saw many footprints. The guards started lashing the air with their souls. Nagajuna's three friends were all killed, but he was able to escape unhurt by standing right next to the king. He was very smart, isn't he? This incident prompted him to renounce the world and pleasure and pursue the Buddhist path. We can see Nagarjuna's human perspective from this story. Our children proudly tell that Buddha Shakyamuni once predicted that monk will appear in southern India and his name is Nagarjuna Bodhisattva and he destroyed wrong view. The Shoshinge we always chant during the Sunday service, says the Nagarjuna will reach the stage of joy and attain the birth in pure land of peace and bliss. He taught that the difficult practices are just like traveling on foot, on ground, and urges us to believe that easy practice, which is pleasant like a cruise ship on water or ocean, Nagarjuna left a grateful teaching. Once we hear and receive the Buddha's calling voice, Namo Amidabutsu, with open mind and heart, we all spontaneously enter the stage of assurance. This means we can join the group of their minds all settled and they're full of joy and gratitude. That means we all receive the Amida's true mind which is immeasurable wisdom and compassion. So I wish this year of dragon would bring you a lot of happiness and peace and full of Namo Amidabutsu to all of you. Please join me in show We call the Amida Buddha's name Namo butsu, together. Namo Amidabhutsu, Namo Amidabhutsu, Namo Namu
2: Namo Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church.
0: This podcast is copyrighted 2024 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, All Rights Reserved.